0: Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Welcome back! I'm Jamie, I'm the Deputy Director of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio, and we're back with the rest of the team. Yay, I'm Randy, and
1: I'm the field organizer um, for NARAL for Central and Southern Ohio. So I in Columbus and Cincinnati and Dayton and Athens.
2: And I'm Gabriel. I'm our communications manager at NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Um, for those of you who are longtime listeners, thank you for hanging with us. Uh, for those of you, this is your first time listening. Uh, welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. This is our podcast. This is actually episode 45. Wow. Really? Um, That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> we, uh, we had a great run uh, over the past uh, over the past year and then after the RNC we ended up taking a uh, kind of summer hiatus uh <laughs> the uh the the two weeks of back-to-back political conventions really just yeah. sort of knocked us on our butt especially with Cleveland mm-hmm. uh, hosting the RNC we had some mm-hmm. really great activities during that week um and, uh, and then took some time to watch the Olympics. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is uh, the, the only podcast that we know of that discusses <laughs> sexual politics in the state of Ohio and also discussing um, topics of relevant interest across the country. Last night was a huge one. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see Donald Trump?
1: Yes. I saw his immigration speech.
2: <laughs> speech, speech is being generous, I think.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know, he's gotten really comfortable using the teleprompter, even though for like the first year he claimed that anyone used a teleprompter shouldn't be allowed to run for president.
2: Well, I don't think he he should be
0: able to run for president.
2: (laughs) That, that was, like,
0: yes. That happened well
2: before the teleprompter thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but the weird thing about him using a teleprompter is that it's still Trump crazy words. Yes. Like, it is. There was a
2: lot of Trump crazy words. Like, yes. And
0: you know, I usually, when you use a teleprompter, it's because some really good speechwriter no. took your ideas and put them into a coherent speech. But no. when Trump uses yeah. a teleprompter, it's Trump wrote some things down. Yeah. And you're being wasn't shown really on it wasn't really good
2: anything. No. no. Did you watch it last night? I watched
0: pieces of it afterwards. I just, I, after. His acceptance speech at the RNC I actually physically can't sit through One of his speeches Because it was something I start having these like panic attacks Of like because it's just The hatred and the vitriol Even when he's speaking sane Kind of not even sane But like speaking in a sane tone Mm -mm. Like using a teleprompter He still sounds scary as hell And I just like I was actually talking to our boss about it as she was driving in this morning and she's like, I don't usually like to use Nazi references, but like, that's the only thing that came to my brain as mm-hmm. he was speaking mm-hmm. yesterday. And yeah, I just can't. So I watch snippets of it later because I just can't actually physically sit through the whole thing anymore. Yeah. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was, I thought it was, I mean, he said some like specific things, but it's, but at the same time, it was a lot of mostly we're just gonna enforce the laws that are already on the books, like I besides the wall building the wall and then Mexico's gonna pay for the wall, right? it was basically just, okay, we're gonna make sure people don't overstay their visas. I'm like, don't we do that now, okay right, right. like it, it was it was like nothing groundbreaking, like basically. I'm going to, yeah, right. we're just going to d- follow the laws that are already in place. So I'm just going to do it better.
2: That's a, That was really what I heard uh, from people who already really closely follow the immigration debate and are on the side of, you know, uh, making sure that people that are trying to get asylum in this country are mm-hmm. able to, you know, seek asylum in a way that's safe for them. Yeah. You know, they're... Uh, they're in favor of, um, you know, stopping deportations that break up families. They Mm -hmm. were saying, hey, all of these things he's describing are already existing U.S. laws. This is already what, you know, the uh, immigration officials already do. Mm -hmm. And somebody even pointed out that Trump was very angry about, we're going to add 5,000 new Triple
1: border, border like yeah. triple the border. I'm like, hello, hello, did anybody <laughs> just hear that? Well, and- fiscal conservative just <laughs> say he's gonna triple government, like,
2: <laughs> and not only that, his 5,000 new agents that he was talking about, yeah, there's already a plan in the U.S. Senate that would add 20,000 new agents. So, what he's describing is he's really gonna toughen <laughs> up, it's not even what actual. Uh, U.S. Senators are proposing And currently discussing in, in Washington But but he doesn't know that Because he doesn't actually communicate with any of those Because none of them like him And he's too busy <laughs> just screaming yes. yes You know, there was no new policy But yeah. that was a new level of hate-filled rage
1: It's <laughs> funny that you say that Because I honestly, while in the middle of watching I had to reach over and turn the volume down Yeah Because it, he, was, he was like, why are you talking so loudly? Trump, like, you got the microphone right there
2: Right I mean it was it was it was new levels of volume.
1: Yes. Um but it
2: was new levels of anger, um, just purely directed at immigrants yeah. to this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um be scared.
0: Ice yeah. can show up any moment at your door and right. rip you away from your children and yeah. send you back to where you came from. Exactly. Right.
2: The two reasons why I wanted to open the show discussing this, obviously immigration does not fit squarely within our pro choice uh, mission, <laughs> um, but but it uh, does
0: within the reproductive justice framework it does exactly
2: uh, so so the two points I wanted to bring up first is y- your u s Senator Rob Portman has endorsed Donald Trump, yes, and by endorsing him for president he 's endorsing all that hate filled speech. That Trump was spewing last night. Mm. Yep. So when you go to the ballot, after you vote for president and you're looking at U.S. Senator, think that Rob Portman supports mm-hmm. Donald Trump and all of this hate-filled rage. Yes,
0: all of the things that Donald Trump wants to do, Rob Portman would vote for in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Two uh, is Ohio Right to Life has endorsed <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, like most people, kind of view... Uh, immigration as a political issue that I know that there's a lot of people that are passionate about, but doesn't affect me directly. Mm-hmm. You know, I was born in this country. My parents are born in this country. It isn't something that I've had to deal with. Uh, so I admit that it took me quite a bit of time to care,
0: you know, yeah. about mm-hmm. this
2: issue. Mm-hmm. The point when uh, immigration really became something where uh, the debate opened my eyes, uh, When was when I heard about... Women who were sending their children, uh, uh, this example was specifically from Honduras because mm-hmm. the murder rate in Honduras mm-hmm. was just astronomical. And it came out in the news that there were mothers that were sending their daughters with, I think the term that they use is coyotes, Mm -hmm. people who smuggle people into the country. When they were sending their daughters with these coyotes to smuggle them into the United States, they were giving these girls, sometimes 10, 11 years old, birth control pills, Mm -hmm. putting them on prescription birth control because they knew that it was almost a guaranteed thing that somewhere along that route, that girl was going to be raped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that mother made a decision that... A almost guaranteed situation where the daughter would be raped was b- a better condition than yeah. where they were living.
1: Yes. That's crazy.
2: And that was the point where I was like, oh my God, we need to completely look, you know, folks aren't coming to the United States for jobs. They're coming mm-hmm. because where they're at is such a hellish life with a guaranteed murder rate that they can't stay there and they can't have their kids staying there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's the compassion that we need to be looking at this issue. But Ohio Right to Life mm-hmm. endorsed Donald Trump instead. Yeah. So they're siding with him against women and children from other countries seeking asylum. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. He talked a lot about like not Letting in, like, any more refugees, right. Syrian refugees. But if you've seen lately, like, they've shown a lot of what's happened. Like, I'm sure everybody saw the photo of the little boy in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the, there was a video of two other little boys, like, just bawling, crying, like, because their other brother had been killed. And, I mean, to think that that's the people, like, no, no. We don't need to let them in. We need to do the extreme vetting, make sure they're not radicals. Like, they're just little kids and, like, they're living where, they, I mean, you sit in your house and then next thing they know, like, they're getting bombed. Like, right. Yeah. They're trying to, the same people we're trying to defeat and, you know, keep out of the country, they're trying to flee from. Like, mm-hmm. they're, right. yeah. Most of the people killed by ISIS are Muslim. Yes. Like, Right. These are facts. Right. They're trying to run away from them. Yeah, Facts
0: and science. Randy, come on. <laughs> Seriously.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the themes that we've explored over the past year, especially because of so many shootings um, uh, that have just rocked this country is, you know, one of our core values is the right to bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the right not to be arrested and deported, you know, the right to not live in a country where your children are likely to be slaughtered in the streets, you know, I think th- yeah the value of bodily autonomy speaks to that. And so that's why I wanted to talk about that today. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio right to life will be a recurring theme throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, they and have a lot of issues They do They've lost a lot of times actually But <laughs> They have hmm. Um, And and there have been some really great victories uh, Since the period where we've been off the air for the podcast uh, That we do want to talk about So the first one happened in Toledo
0: Yeah, so um, in late July, July 29th to be exact The court finally ruled So we had a court hearing last November It was like the week after um, The Monday after um, Thanksgiving Got up at 5 o'clock in the morning, met some fabulous activists in Toledo that protested outside of the court. It was fabulous and wonderful. So the court heard the case um, for the last clinic in Toledo last November, and finally, at the end of July, released their ruling, agreeing with the lower court. So this is actually an appeals court ruling. They agreed with the lower court that the um, transfer agreement standard was unconstitutional on three levels. One um, was based on the undue burden standard, um, newly established under the whole women's health um, court decision. One was, uh, so that was a federal kind of ruling, although in a state court. Um, and then they actually ruled on two other pieces, that it was unconstitution- unconstitutional delegation of authority. So you were basically giving the hospital the authority to say whether or not an abortion clinic could have a license because a hospital controlled whether or not they could have a transfer agreement and they had to have a transfer agreement to get their license. Right. So you were unconstitutionally you know, delegating that authority. And then the other one was um, they actually ruled on the single subject law in Ohio. So it's unconstitutional in Ohio to put more than one subject in an individual bill and the transfer agreement requirement was actually in the state budget in 2013 state budget and requiring Mm -hmm. ambulatory surgical facilities to have transfer agreements to totally different subjects. So the court also ruled that that was um, unconstitutional on that level as well. So we made three arguments. We won three arguments But I think the uh,
1: shame the judge had to they they want to talk about, you know, judges being judicially active or overstay. It's it's a shame a judge had to legislate to you how to follow your own state constitution.
0: (laughs) You know, details, details, details. But yeah. So um, I wanted to read a piece out of that one. Um, the, on the Undue Burden Standard piece, the many hardships which will or may occur if capital care were forced to close have the effect of creating substantial obstacles in the path of, women, of a woman seeking an abortion. These combined burdens weighed against the virtually non-existent health benefits of the licensing pr- provisions as applied to capital care are violative of the Undue Burden Standard our undue burden finding is fully in agreement with the conclusion reached in Hellerstedt, which is Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstedt. Right. So, you know, right. once again, not only did that victory in late June impact the Texas clinics and then kind of you know, roll over into some of the other state cases that were currently pending at that point with cases being dropped. Mm -hmm. We're now seeing it directly impact what court rulings are happening in Ohio as well. So just kind of showing again how important that ruling was from the Supreme Court. The Whole
2: Woman's Health ruling that the Supreme Court released back in June. June. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a terrific uh, a terrific win for Texas and for Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um and those comments that was uh Lucas County Common Police Judge Myron Duhart uh, that issued mm-hmm. that nope.
0: No, that was he was the first one. It was um Judge Singer actually now okay. in the Court of Appeals that did it. But actually that was a three panel. It was two dudes and a woman, I can't remember all the names, but yeah, that was a whole panel of judges up there doing this one.
2: So the important point here uh is that Toledo gets to keep <laughs> their only yeah. abortion clinic. Yes. Uh, it's, you know, the only clinic for, you know, it's, it's essentially a two-hour drive um, from other parts of Ohio. Yeah. Uh, and what we were seeing was that um, there were so many women in the Toledo area, there have been, Mm -hmm. that have been going to Michigan. They've been Mm -hmm. having to cross state lines Mm -hmm. uh, and take on additional travel because Toledo only has one clinic. And if they lost that, then that problem would get even worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, women would be seeing additional travel time, additional travel expense, um, which would reduce the number of women who might have chose to get an abortion but then can't actually access one.
0: Yeah. Well the the court even also pointed out it was really interesting that you know there were these
2: virtually non-existent health benefits
0: to the transfer agreement law. But then they also pointed out that if you close the clinics, kind of what they've seen in Texas, that the worse. wait time, but the wait times yeah, increase, and mean. those kinds of things. But then it also kind of like you know when your doctor's office is having a really you know busy day and they're backed up and they're two hours behind, you might get five minutes with your doctor that day, where you might as well you might have gotten fifteen minutes on a slower day in your doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And they were making the same argument here that you know to to be able to deal with the number of patients that they would have to do. Wait times would increase, but also the amount of time that a provider could spend with a patient would also decrease. And actually that could increase complications and cause bad things to happen to women's health as well. So not only does the law not help people, but it actually can hurt people, which will be a theme that we hit later on as well.
2: Right. (coughs) So that was the terrific win in Toledo uh, that happened at the end of July. Uh, And then in mid-August, on August 12th, uh, there was a separate court case down in Cincinnati. Planned Parenthood uh, won uh, a victory to protect their access to state funds. Mm-hmm. Um, John Kasich's defunding plan that mm-hmm. he pushed through when he was still a presidential candidate because yeah. he needed some help with conservative voters. Uh, <laughs> that turned out to not be <laughs> a constitutional idea.
0: What? Yes. <laughs> no. I mean, we didn't tell him that or anything, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so once again, they they put their foot in their mouth and mm-hmm. went a little bit too far. And they basically said if you provide abortions or if you even talk about abortions by promoting them, you couldn't get access to state funds. And, you know, the argument was made that, no, nobody has the right to get state money.
1: Yeah.
0: But if you give state money out, you can't say this group can't apply right. because they say these things. Right. It's actually like the First Amendment, not just buried in the Constitution, but the very first amendment in our Constitution that says you have the right to free speech. So, um, so that's the, the main argument they made there was a was a free speech argument. Right,
2: and these funds weren't funds for abortion care. Mm-mm. Uh, you know, there was six funds listed. They were mm-hmm. for breast and cervical cancer screenings. They were for HIV tests in minority communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was for sex ed, for kids in foster care and juvenile detention who mm-hmm. don't have access to their parents mm-hmm. to teach them about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was for things like infertility treatments uh, and... Uh, helping women have healthy pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Kasich was blocking Planned Parenthood from using state money to help women have children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so might not be the best idea, John. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has lots of those ideas, though.
2: Um, so on that uh, on that case, the the reaction to it. Um, we have have two reactions we want to highlight. One of them gets the walk of shame this week. Uh, Mike Gonadakis, the head of Ohio Right to Life, I said we'd be mentioning them again. (laughs) Um, He called the ruling, quote, an embarrassing decision by a judge who knows that uh, the court will overturn his opinion. Uh, Gonadakis continued, this was in the Columbus Dispatch, uh, the federal judge has no legal authority to tell a state how to spend its resources. I suggest he do us all a favor and step down from the bench and run for the legislature. Then he can craft policy, legally craft policy in Ohio. Of course, he won't, though, because he would never be elected. I guess that's Mike Gandakas' voice.
0: Uh- <laughs> I, have, I have a thought for Mike Gandakas. Maybe yeah. he should not be the president of the state medical board anymore if you're going to say stuff like that.
2: Right, that was that was something that we we heard from many of our colleagues, um, who were very angry that the president of the state medical board um, is criticizing a, a federal judge mm-hmm. who's making a decision to protect a healthcare provider's access to healthcare funds. Mm-hmm. How on earth does that person also get to be the president of the state medical board? So Mike Gonadakis needs to resign from mm-hmm. the state medical board. There's no way he can be impartial and serve uh, on that, yeah. you know, on that panel and also be the president of Ohio Right to Life.
1: I mean, who thought that that was okay? John Kasich. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Do you have to ask that question? I mean, yeah.
0: They're ridiculous. Yeah. You can't have, I mean, it was bad enough when he was just a member of the state medical board, but now he is the president of right. the state mm-hmm. medical board. So yeah, you need to go.
2: Um, so Ganadakis gets her walk of shame this week. Uh, or That's What She Said goes to Toledo Blade uh, columnist Mary Lou Johanik. Um She wrote an op-ed criticizing Ganadakis, um... And she said, the jig is up, uh, Mr. Ganadakis. It's painfully clear that you can't pursue an anti-abortion crusade and be a a neutral public arbitrator arbitrator of disputes involving licensed abortion providers. Um, You told an audience in Northeast Ohio on May 27, 2011, that, quote, we're going after Planned Parenthood, and we're going to close that late-term abortion clinic down in Dayton. You know, he... You know, his, his job as president of Ohio Right to Life is it to attack doctors, mm-hmm. which is a disgusting thing, but, yeah. you know, that's what his mm-hmm. main gig is. Yeah, his First Amendment right to free speech allows him to do that. Right. It's a horrible, horrible thing. You yeah. should stop doing it, mm-hmm. but okay, whatever. Yeah. You can't have a day job of criticizing doctors and then have a night, you know, a side gig uh, of, of disciplining doctors. Yeah, And, you know, have that be done on the state payroll.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and the two things that he mentions in that quote are both things he's going after from the state medical board. And he's going after um, a Dayton facility after they did what was right for a patient. And you know, he his organization actually put out a press release about a complaint from Dayton Right to Life that was Mm -hmm. sent to the medical board. Right. You know, so the fact that he's doing that on the side and you know trying to be the impartial arbiter but it also like makes it really scary and i keep going back to yeah it sucks for our issue that these things are happening at the state medical board and that highway hodges is in charge of the department of health Mm -hmm. but like these organizations do so much i mean they make sure that doctors are practicing medicine in a way that actually helps and doesn't hurt people they make sure that we have good response mechanisms to diseases like zika and ebola you know yeah these are the things that protect public health and we've got these crazy politicos in charge of them which sucks for the choice issue and abortion providers but like when you start looking at it from the bigger picture it gets really scary
1: yeah (laughs) because it's like what the hell does he know about any of those other things either like nothing yeah (laughs) nothing
0: I mean, Hodges hasn't given one press interview since he became director of health, and he testified in front of the legislature once, and you know why he doesn't talk to the press, because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. If they granted an interview with a, with a member of the press, he would get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Right. But this is the guy to make sure that, you know, we're going to be ready to respond if a health care crisis occurs in our state.
2: Right. So, uh, mm-hmm. Ganadakis was criticized um, by... Uh, by members of the media, by Mary Lou Johannick specifically, um, and uh, there was an organization, um, Progress Ohio, uh, colleagues of ours, who put together several other um, groups that all signed a letter calling for his resignation. Um, none of them were reproductive health care organizations. These were all, you know, good government groups that are speaking out in support of, um, you know, general increased access to health care and. Um, responsible government and said, hey, you know, this is way outside the bounds of how government should be acting to have, you know, a biased lobbyist in charge of, an, uh, a, you know, a medical board like this. Um, so you can uh, email Governor Kasich. You can go, uh, the link will be in our show notes, but it's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, slash firegonadakis, F-I-R-E-G-O-N-I-D-A-K-I-S. Uh, and you can send your email to Governor Kasich and demand that Mike Gonadakis resign from the state medical board. It's wholly inappropriate that he has the uh, role of president. Um, he needs to he needs to quit uh, quit doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Or Kasich needs to remove him. One of the two things needs to
2: happen. Right.
1: How much longer does Kasich
0: have?
2: A long time. Yes,
0: <laughs> he does.
2: A two. couple of years. Two more.
0: Three more years.
2: Today. And then he's going to start I swear to god I'm, I'm sure about this. He's going to start his uh election campaign to run in 2020 cuz mm-hmm. Trump's not going to win. No.
0: Uh
2: and and Kasich, you know, I mean he already positioned himself as being kind of the moderate, you know, sensible choice of all of the uh Even
1: though he's not.
2: Even yeah. though he's not. Yeah. No. Um he had a he had an op-ed in the New York Times uh just the other week. Um uh, looking at welfare reform and how we should be responsibly helping, uh, you know, families through welfare reform and it's bullshit. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, Kasich, Kasich's already running for, for 2020. Uh, so we, we've got a couple more years of him being governor, Mm -hmm. uh, and then he's going to do his best to, uh, to, to see if he can make a run challenge. President Clinton, uh, in the year 2020, so from your mouth to God's ears. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, okay, so we had two court yeah. wins. Um, our third big thing we want to talk about is a new study that came out. Um, apparently, there's a, a news a, a medical journal called PLOS Medicine, and I had to look up what is PLOS. PLOS <laughs> is the Public Library of Science. It's their medical journal, um, and there was a study um, from. Uh, researchers from all across the country, they came and they looked uh, at how Ohio had been regulating medication abortion. Mm -hmm. Um, And what they found was that from 2011 to 2016, uh, the dosages that doctors were forced to use when offering women medication abortion were elevated because of this state law and it was a higher dose than what doctors thought was appropriate.
0: Three times the dose, actually.
2: Right, uh, and so wow. their study found that when you give women more medicine than what the doctor thinks they need, it causes uh, unnecessary side effects and increased costs, and isn't the best course for the woman. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: Shocking. Right. <laughs> it's always good when you know science backs up common sense. But again, science, what's science? Well, and this is another place where Mike Anodakis, as president of Ohio Right to Life, conflicts with Mike Anodakis, president of the State Medical Board, because his quote in the Cleveland Plain Dealer is like, "Well, why aren't they protesting the FDA? It was the FDA, not us." I'm like, "No, actually, it was you, right?" Because you know, from Joe Schmo looking in, yes, an FDA protocol is the best way to do things, but when you actually like start looking at what medical science does. You off-label use medications all the time. Uh Uh-huh. Right. That whole, every single time you turn on the TV and they tell you to take a baby aspirin to prevent a heart attack, that's Mm -hmm. an off-label use. That is not an FDA-approved use of aspirin. Right. But millions of Americans take it every day because evidence-based medicine tells you that taking an aspirin a day reduces the risk of a heart attack. Right. Mm So, you know, in the same exact way, we've said, you know, there's an evidence-based protocol where you can use a third of the medication, knock out a visit in the middle, because it was not just the increased medication. It was four visits the woman had to make to the clinic. Yeah. Instead of just two. And then, um, and a whole lot of it stopped it at six weeks instead of nine weeks and and a whole other host of things. So it made right. it less accessible and, you know, much more, in this case, dangerous for the woman. And so, you know, we've had an evidence-based protocol that said a third of the medication, you don't need that visit in the middle, and you can actually do it up to, you know, eight weeks, seven, six days, the ninth week of pregnancy. And but then Ohio said, oh, wait, but we can, you know, force them to use the FDA protocol, and then that'll be three times as much money and harder to get access to, so they won't use it. And that's right. exactly what the study showed. It was harder for the women to get. It was a lot more expensive. The number of these abortions went down. Right. And boom, it was a hell of a lot more unsafe for these women. And actually, it was less effective, too, which I find very interesting. You know, you would think that I take one ibuprofen and my headache goes away, but not mm-hmm. entirely. I take two or three and, you know, it you know, really goes away, you know. You kind of think, oh, the more medication, maybe it would be more effective. But they even showed that, no, it actually needed more follow-up and needed more additional treatment afterwards. So it was actually even less effective at doing what it was supposed to do at three times the dose.
2: Right. Our executive director Kelly Copeland uh, released a statement after the study came out. Kelly said, "One, excuse me. uh, When a woman has decided to have an abortion, it is important that she have access to safe medical care. Ohio politicians do not have a license to practice medicine. However, time and again, they interfere with how doctors treat patients. This study clearly shows that political interference resulted in women suffering." Uh, uh, A significant increase in medical intervention, side effects, and costs. The takeaway for the Kasich administration and members of the Ohio legislature is this, leave the practice of medicine to the professionals and keep your ideological and political views out of Ohio laws. You know, I was thinking about how to explain this to people. And I thought, you know, if you go to your dentist Mm -hmm. and they say, oh, you have a cavity, the dentist says, well, let's fill the cavity you don't have your state legislator standing in a corner saying, no, 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 you need a root canal, you know, and some x-rays too. Mm -hmm. The root canal might solve the cavity, but it's going to have additional cost. It's going to have additional side effects. It's not what's best for the patient. Yeah. You know, you don't invite politicians in to give their medical opinion. You let the doctor, you know, prescribe the medication in the way that they feel is best given their... Years of training, expertise uh you know and understanding of the situation. Mm-hmm. nobody lets a politician stand in their doctor 's office and you know and and uh, have input the way that happens all the time in an abortion clinic mm-hmm. you know and it's completely outrageous and so now we have this new study that shows that not only was this happening uh, it was detrimental to Ohio women.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people we have in the legislature got confused and they actually meant they actually wanted to pursue careers as pastors and preachers, (laughs) but somehow they got confused and ended up as a politician. Right. But really what they want to do is, you know, be preaching and be legislating the Bible because that's exactly what they do. That's what they say on the floor, that there is that none of this other stuff matters because there's a higher power. Here that they have to be beholden to. I'm like, you're in the wrong fucking building. <laughs> yeah.
0: I would say you need to be in the church across the street, but actually, the church across the street from the state house is so way more liberal than <laughs> the state house. So I can't actually even say that. Maybe it needs to be in the church down the street. Yes. But uh,
1: <laughs> you're in the wrong building, sir.
2: Damn.
0: You
1: got confused.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, The two of the um, legislators that pushed this bill to increase the mandatory dosage for medication abortion, um, Representative Tom Brinkman of Cincinnati, uh, he left the legislature for a while. He just came back. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Around that same time, he also introduced a bill that was just a blatant total abortion ban. It was just no more abortions. That was his bill. <laughs>
0: Including an abortion to save a woman's life. So right. he obviously didn't give a shit about women's health in no. any of the bills he passed.
2: Or the Constitution. Yeah, or the Constitution for that Uh And then one of his co-sponsors was Keith Faber, who was a representative at the time. He's currently the president of the Ohio Senate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was one of several legislators that introduced their own bills to defund Planned Parenthood. That whole idea of taking away Planned Parenthood's HIV testing funds and breast and cervical cancer testing funds, Mm -hmm. Keith Faber was a main sponsor of one of those bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here he was, uh, you know, this thing uh, to to regulate how the medication abortion was prescribed. This was back in 2004. Mm -hmm. So here's over a decade of Keith Faber trying to tell doctors how they should be treating women uh, or, yeah. or denying them funds to give them appropriate yeah. care.
1: And you know what? They sit there and say that, like, this is what our constituents want, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that for mm-hmm. a second. That's no. what Ohio Right to Life wants them to do. Right. Even if they have constituents that lean more pro-life, if they knew the type of stuff that they are doing as far as defunding for HIV, cervical, uh, cervical screening, just putting all of these undue restrictions like if they really knew what was going on, the stuff that they were, you know, trying to legislate, right. like nobody would agree with that. Like nobody wants that stuff. They they are just doing what they personally want to see and what a high right to life wants them to do. No, but nobody, like no voters, actually agree with that. I mean, the majority of
0: them don't agree with that. Right.
1: But uh, yet here, still they are doing mm-hmm. all this. crazy
0: yeah, because their district is gerrymandered to the point where they don't have to be account- accountable to their voters anymore. Exactly. Right. You know, if they had to be accountable, th- accountable to their voters, they would actually have to do what their constituents want them to do, and they wouldn't be completely and yeah. totally beholden to Ohio right to life. No,
1: not at all. I'm like, it's, for, it's, it's like half of these things, why did you need to legislate anything I mean, there was nothing for you to legislate here. You're trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist and therefore mm-hmm. making it worse. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, annoying. It's,
2: very
1: <laughs> it's, it's just more very It's more than annoying. It's actually harmful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it yeah. is. That's what pisses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they really, I mean, really need to stop. Yes. But I mean, we're the ones who have the power to stop them mm-hmm. because they only keep getting elected because they keep getting elected during these midterm elections when the majority of people are not voting. Right. And just going around in this cycle of having these majority uh, red legislatures who are, forth is really crazy and harmful and stupid and costly legislation. Yeah. Like we don't have a, a bunch of money laying around for you to then sue, you know, the Supreme Court or sue whoever right. to try to uphold these laws that are unconstitutional which you were told before you even try
0: to pass them. Right. Like please stop. Yeah. And that's the important part that we didn't talk about all the, all these court cases. Your tax dollars yes, are what are defending the, these right. things. You
1: saw the, they probably saw the article on Facebook I saw the other day talking about states, cash-strapped states, mm-hmm. spending money to try to uh, protect these anti-abortion laws yeah. Yeah. that nobody wants. Yeah. Like, nobody but you wants. And, yeah, we're spending all our money trying to defend it, and you're going to lose anyway. You've lost anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I really don't understand, like, what their whole, like, end game is here.
0: Controlling you in everything you do. I know, right? And lifting up people that look like Gabe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I promise you none of them look like me.
0: <laughs> no, they're not six foot tall redheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <clears throat> okay, let's, uh, let's wrap it up with the last segment. How can people uh, get involved and start to fight back? Let's get it on.
1: <laughs> okay, yay. So we're having an all-access concert happening in Cleveland on September 10th. It's really awesome. This I'm, is a
2: big concert. Yes, yes.
1: I would really love to go, but we'll be having stuff down here here in Columbus So I can't go <laughs> But uh, Who else um, Who See else Is going to be there Sia See ya. See ya. Jessica Williams is going to be there
2: from the Daily Show mm-hmm. from the
1: Daily Show Did Leslie Jones is going to be there yeah
2: she's emceeing the thing so Leslie Jones
1: Leslie
2: Jones Jessica Williams and Sia that's not fair it's a free <laughs> concert yeah, um, free. I'm, I'm not sure if there's still tickets available go. it's called the All Access <laughs> Concert we'll have the link in the show notes yes um, it's, if you're uh, lucky enough to be there you yeah. should be there <laughs> it's on September 10th <laughs> in Cleveland yes and if you're listening
0: from other states you should google All Access and see because there are Smaller but not nearly as fabulous people as people um, concerts going on across the country Watch actually parties that day. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually New Voices Cleveland is doing a um, black women's reproductive justice rally and boat cruise. I
1: oh, don't that's know. interesting. From
0: <laughs> from I'm one, like, to, that sounds fun. <laughs> from one to f- one to five that day as well. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on. We'll put it all in the show notes so everybody can figure it out. There are still a few VIP tickets laying around. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for various things. You know, Mm. if you start signing up for volunteer shifts, you might get in a drawing for a a VIP ticket. You know, there's, there's a few more tickets hanging out there. So keep your eyes peeled to our Facebook page. Yeah. Cool.
1: So, um,
2: but you'll be here,
1: but I'll be here at (laughs) hot times, which is also awesome. And they have a lot of good music there. We had a lot of fun last year. Um, so that's going to be Friday, September 9th through Sunday, September 11th, and we'll have a booth. You can come and help us operate the booth and talk to people and give out condoms and listen to awesome music and eat good food.
2: So the Hot Times Festival, September 9th through 11th, uh, it's 240 Parsons Avenue in Columbus, 4 2 and 5 uh, That's the corner of Maine and Parsons. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. it's always a good festival. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
1: right. It's like in the grassy area of the Columbus Public Health. They have a really big front yard. Mm
2: Cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, So look for those. Check out the show notes. Um, uh, Look in the show notes specifically for the link bit.ly slash firegonadakis uh, to email Governor Kasich. uh, And we'll be back next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.